Welcome to Tentpole Trauma, the podcast where we look at movies that came with hype and high hopes, but left with crushing disappointment, either critically, at the box office, or both. Freed from the weight of expectations, we seek to examine these underperformers under a new light, parsing through the good, the bad, and everything in between with the hopes of gaining a better understanding as to why they failed to find their audience. Warning, there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie that we're discussing today, I suggest you stop the podcast and go watch it. Then when you come back and listen, you'll get more out of the discussion. On this episode, we discuss Catwoman. Sebastian and I'm here with Jennifer. Hello. And we are doing a Just the Two of Us podcast. Just the Two of Us. We went on vacation this weekend and so we took a week off but we are coming roaring back. With a perfect podcast episode. That's right. (laughs) Thank you for sticking with us for a week without a podcast but you know we never promised we'd put these out every week so... Well, and it is someone's birthday. It is my birthday, and so for my present, I decided to not edit a podcast for a whole week. So there, and that's a good gift. My back especially appreciates it. (laughs) But we are doing Catwoman from 2004, because how can we not do Catwoman? How could we not? This is one of those... Tentpole traumas that just needed to be on the schedule at some point because everybody knows Catwoman and it was a huge bomb and even more so than a box office bomb, it was a critical bomb. I mean, this was made fun of for pretty much years and years and years, like won all the Razzies and all that. Not that I put any stock in the Razzies, but this movie was the cat butt of many jokes (laughs) for a long time so we got to talk about it and you know we don't talk about a lot of superhero movies on the podcast which is strange because there are a lot of superhero movies that have failed to uh, make the kind of money that they needed to make but honestly it's just because I'm a little burnt out on superheroes so I haven't really wanted to talk about a lot of them for whatever reason but we'll get to them eventually um i do love superheroes i'm a big fan of 
Batman and Catwoman especially. I like a lot of the Marvel stuff too, but there's just been a lot of it in the last few years, and I kind of don't have much to say a lot of the time about superhero movies. They either work or they don't. But this movie, there's some stuff to say. I bet you had some high hopes for this one. No, I mean, I kind of smelled a stinker (laughs) coming a mile away. Now, you have to remember, this movie came out in 2004, so we were just kind of starting to ramp up into what is now the golden age, I guess, of superhero Mm -hmm. movies. We were coming out of the dregs of the 90s, where it was only the... Batman movies and you know those had gone horribly wrong as we had discussed Mm -hmm. there was like stuff like the shadow and the phantom and real like sea level kind of things that got made then blade came out and then x-men and then spider-man and this was after those so this was after that first sort of wave of superhero movies where it was like oh superhero movies we can do this but we hadn't gotten to the marvel world with that we're in now and this was before batman begins so this is in between batman and robin and batman begins in terms of batman mythos mm-hmm which this is only loosely, loosely tied to, which is probably one of its big drawbacks. But what was your awareness of the Catwoman movie? None, really. This was not something that I was into. I do like Catwoman as far as what I knew of her from the Batman TV series. I I knew her as being played by Eartha Kitt and then also by Julie Newmar. And then also Michelle Pfeiffer. So, yeah, of course. I mean, especially when I was younger, I thought she was really cool. I thought I had seen this, this film. I've never saw this film. And it was so not on my radar. Like, I wasn't, I wouldn't have seen this. Even though I am a Holly Berry fan, big time. Like, I I just love her. Thankfully, she was Catwoman in this because I could just enjoy spending some time with Holly Berry yeah, I have I have no recollection of a trailer or I don't even think I was going to the movies a lot at this time, but I definitely wouldn't have seen this. Yeah, I didn't see this in the theater either. It just looked terrible. What I remember mostly was, you know, there was a lot of rumors uh, about a Catwoman movie going back to Batman Returns, which featured Catwoman mm-hmm. played by Michelle Pfeiffer. They wanted to spin off the Catwoman character into her own solo movie. If you remember the way Batman Returns ends, you see Catwoman stand up at the very last shot. Mm -hmm. So you know, like, oh, she's still alive. And so they wanted to spin that off into her own solo movie. They wrote a script by Daniel Waters, Mm -hmm. who wrote Batman Returns and is a friend of our friend Roberts. Mm -hmm. But that project didn't go anywhere. I actually read that script many years ago because I was curious. And it's really weird. It's like Catwoman goes to Las Vegas and gets involved with all these other bad superheroes. It's kind of cool, but I can see why they didn't make it because it was kind of too wacky. Wackier than the 2004 Catwoman? (laughs) Arguably, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because... This other script that you're mentioning sounds pretty good. Yeah, well, in comparison (laughs) to what we got, for sure. 
But then after that, I remember they, you know, it was still in development, had gone through all these different permutations, and Ashley Judd was attached to it for a while. I thought, like, at the time, you know, this would have been the late 90s when we were in Judd's world. Oh, yeah. She was all over the place. So, I mean, it kind of made sense, and I could kind of see her. I could totally see her. I, You know I love Ashley Judd, so I would have been paying more attention because this was the time of Ashley Judd. But, you know, she probably wisely dropped out, and it had been going through all these different hands and stuff. And what I did know about it just from reading nerdy movie sites like Ain't It Cool and Chud was that it wasn't going to be Selena Kyle, who is mm -hmm. the Catwoman in the comics and in the movies. It was going to be this other character, and I remember... At first, her name was Patience Price, and then it was it ends up being Patience Phillips. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't understand, like, why are they making a Catwoman movie that's not about Catwoman? That's like, let's make a Batman movie, but not, not have it be Bruce right. Wayne. Yeah. Like, it's just some other guy who, you know, who cares? Yeah. I mean, the uh, secret identity is a part of it. But anyway, that was just what was going on there. So, I mean, already there... I wasn't too psyched about it because I'm like, well, it's not Selena Kyle. And then I remember they released a photo of Halle Berry in that costume. Mm. And that was when I was like, no, thank you. Mm -mm. Because, I mean, I loved Michelle Pfeiffer's mm -hmm. costume in Batman Returns. I've loved a lot of the Catwoman's costumes from the old 60s show mm -hmm. and whatever. I mean, you can go a lot of ways with the Catwoman costume. But for me, superheroes live and die by their costumes. And if you don't get the costume right, who wants to watch it? And man, <laughs> that costume... <laughs> is so bad like the leather pants with like the rips and the she's wearing the high heel like open-toed high heels it's so bad i couldn't i i just i hated it so much i hated that outfit and it's like when she first decides she's gonna get dolled up to go out as catwoman and she's wearing the outfit that her friends had given her like as you know like a save this for a hot date yeah like, that was, wasn't was bad. Totally. Like, I, I thought, oh, if we're doing this, that's okay. But we weren't. What it evolved into, like, what this costume ended up being is just so fucking ugly. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. The thing that I really just can't handle, my brain can't handle, is, you know, Catwoman has cat ears, right? But... With this cat cowl, her ears stick out of the cowl, her real ears, and then you've got cat ears above her ears. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like dealing with four ears. It's like, come on. And it's just so, I'm sorry, I don't mean to generalize, but it just reeks of like bad French taste. This was also just in general, and I was thinking about this, it's just like this time period, like I don't want to revisit this time period. As far as like with the music that was chosen for this film, just the way it looks, like it's just not a place where I'm like, oh, I want to go back to 2004 because I, I don't like any of it. I don't like the music choices. It's just terrible. The score is terrible throughout the film. 
And if it's not, that's not happening, then like there's like, you know, the party across the way from her apartment that's like the new metal. There was nothing likable. Why does it look the way it looks? I'm trying to figure that out. Like it, it looks like it has some sort of filter. Yes. Like, and I think that I also equate that with around this time that people were dabbling with this like look, this soft, focusy type filter or something that around this time they really got into digital correcting and yeah. stuff like that like you know a lot of movies would look like they were really tinted or in this case i feel like they really like blow it out it's so you so can't blown out. like sometimes halle berry looks almost white because they're putting so much like light on her face yeah. it's like it's glowing her natural skin tone is totally blown out and everybody's face looks kind of blown out. It's really weird. It's exactly what it is. And I and I just equate that with this time period. I feel like there was other films that were playing around with this. And the only person in the film that it makes sense to look like this is Sharon Stone because of the, what is it, Beoline? Yes. <laughs> this, this horrible, toxic cosmetic that she's been using for years. So I, I think, like, with her, it makes sense to, like, make her look that way. But no one else needs, like, Benjamin Brad or Holly Berry, like, no one else needed to look like that. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, who directed this movie. This movie was directed by Pitoff. One name, the French director, he was known as a visual effects guy, and he came up through, like, the Jean Genet Caro movies, so, like, City of Lost Children, Delicatessen, I think he worked on Alien Resurrection. Okay. So he was kind of from France, he was from, you know, their sort of little group of filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Mostly he was a visual effects guy, so doing a lot of the special effects for those that's obviously the case for this movie. Although I will say that I think the visual effects in this movie are bad. They very much aged poorly, you know, especially with the stuff with Catwoman jumping around mm -hmm. and stuff that just looks so obviously CG. And that was right around the time where they realized like, oh, we can make CG stunt people. So now we can make superhero movies because, you know, superheroes do these fantastic things. Like the reason why it took so long, for instance, to get a proper Spider-Man movie was because they couldn't make it look real that Spider-Man was swinging around or, mm -hmm. or climbing up walls or whatever. It would just look cheesy like the old TV show did. Mm -hmm. So once visual effects reached this point where now we can have digital stunt people doing things that normal people can't do it was like throw that on the screen and and you know like the movie daredevil with ben affleck is guilty of this like daredevil's like jumping around and swinging around and it just looks really fake you can tell it's not a real person they've kind of gotten better with this I mean, I think they've done a lot of different things where they're actually using more stunt people and kind of combining the things. You know, the Marvel movies have a ton of digital stunt people in it. So, I mean, it's just that the technology has improved so that it looks better. And you touched upon the music. The music sounds like it's like 
Destiny's Child, like rejects or like in vogue rejects. It's this kind of like soul hip hoppy, like a lot of like woman wailing, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But it's generic and weird. It just seems, yes, very generic because it's like Destiny's Child is great and in vogue is great. This is not great. Like this, whatever is happening here is not great. It's so like over the top. I mean, everything in this film is just too much. I, I'm still trying to process what I just watched. I feel like that whole thing with the soundtrack is just because they're like Halle Berry's black. And so it's got to be like soulful soul sister music you know and it's so cringy it's such a cringe fest so much about this movie is cringy but um why don't we just kind of get into it and sort of run roughshod over the actual story so we're introduced to patience phillips played by holly berry we get this ridiculous credit sequence in which we're seeing like cat women mm-hmm. throughout history and this keeps coming oh, up yeah. over and over again poor francis conroy has to like delve out a lot of this ridiculous oh. cat women getting cat powers or whatever but we meet um halle berry as patience phillips mm-hmm. and she's very meek and mousy and she works for this cosmetic company. Time out. I'm sorry. This is again, this is like, this is a she's all that thing. Like, don't try to, it's freaking Halle Berry. She's never going to be meek and mousy. Yes, she's playing like, oh, I just, you know, I don't have confidence, but she's freaking Halle Berry. She's gorgeous. It's the same thing, the, the she's all that thing, where it's like Rachel Lee Cook, like, oh, she has glasses on. So she's a nerd. Well, and it's like, she's not even wearing, it's just, she's got like this clothing that's a little loose and her hair's just kind of she's got a weird wig on and you're supposed to think she's not attractive or something i think that's what we're trying to do here but she's halle berry she's always good she could be in a paper sack and still be gorgeous i'm just she's a beautiful woman and her outfit's not even bad it's like it's loose fitting but it's like it's not i don't know like compare it actually like her outfit's probably one of the best of the time like in the beginning, she's just wearing like this kind of like um, smock or something kind of like I'm an artist, like I'm going to really make sure you know I'm an artist. But it's not terrible. And and her hair is like, it's kind of weird because it's so long or whatever. It's a lot of hair, but it's not terrible. Like none of it's terrible. I think what we're supposed to think is that, you know, she's not cut out for this high fashion world that she's in this cosmetic company which is ridiculous she doesn't want to be in this world like right. she just had to take a job she went to art school like a lot of people that go to art school to become artists but then you know they have to take like a, a graphic design gig or something like that which maybe wasn't what you know brought them into art school but she's got to make a living pay for that big apartment in gotham i guess we're in gotham no we're just in some we're in cgi city or something it's just some random city city. that's mostly (laughs) cgi yes but yeah so at this job she's got her best friend Mm -hmm. who is played by alex borstein sally Mm -hmm. now unfortunately for alex borstein this was the first i ever saw of her 
So, and then, like, when I first saw this character, I was like, oh, my God, this character is such an eye roll. And her whole purpose in this movie is to be all, like, man hungry. And she's all like, look at that man sandwich is coming in. The, <laughs> coming in. And, and, like, then later on, she's in the hospital and her doctor is hot. And she's like, my doctor is hot. I'm going to get him to check my temperature and stuff. Like, that's all her character is. And then later... We watched Gilmore Girls, and she plays some roles in that, and she's really good. And then we watched the fabulous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Yeah. Maisel. Never going to get that title right. Yeah. But she's in that, and she's really great in that. Yeah. And she plays a completely different part than this, like the polar opposite of this role. Totally. So she's clearly got talent, and so I feel bad that I judged her off of Catwoman. I knew her first from when we watched Gilmore Girls, and she plays two very different roles in that, and then um, and then the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I, I love her. I think she's she's great. I just wish I'd had those as a reference point before I yeah. saw Catwoman for the first time, because yeah, then I would have been like, oh, she's just picking up a paycheck. But yeah. When I first saw this movie, I was like, oh my god, this woman, <laughs> and like she's always wearing stuff that like shows off her boobs yep. and. Yep. So they're kind of sexualizing her and she's not, that's not who she is. No, it's a strange role. And like there's a gay guy that's in their little cubicle space and he's like, hello. Like he's just so cliche gay I guy. I think he's actually the one that drops the man sandwich line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's actually, I mean, she's definitely man hungry. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like it's all about getting a man and you know, all that where she's into like her cosmos. She's very sex in the city esque. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was her, her gay cubicle mate that was dropped the man sandwich about Benjamin Bratt. Well, let's talk a little bit about Benjamin Bratt. So he plays the love interest of this movie, Tom Lone. We're introduced to him because Halle Berry is at home at her apartment and she's annoyed by like, I don't know, the metalheads who party across the way or something. And she's looking out her window and she sees this cat mm -hmm. that's like a tabby cat that's like hanging up on a ledge. And so she climbs out of her window mm -hmm. to get the cat because she's afraid the cat's going to fall or something. Know. Which, why would you risk your life to get a cat down from... The cat will be fine. Like, you'll fall and die, but the cat won't injure. Her apartment's, like, high up and stuff. I, I wasn't... I mean, I'm always, you know, concerned about animals in films, but I was like, no, the cats are good. Like, they're, they're okay with this. Like, he's climbing around. He's going to be okay. He's not even crying out in distress or anything. Like, he's all right. And, yeah, she climbs out of her apartment... And steps on someone's AC window unit, which that's not going to go well. And it's like first thing in the morning or something because then Benjamin Bratt sees her dangling out on this parapet or whatever she's on. And um, he thinks she's a jumper. Yeah. <laughs> so he like brings his car over and parks, you know, all haphazardly and jumps out with his badge and is trying to literally talk her off the ledge. And she's like, no, I'm out here for the cat. But then the cat has disappeared. So she just looks crazy. It's their meat cute. Did you feel that it was cute? I felt it was something. What do you think of Benjamin Bratt? I like Benjamin Bratt. This was the time of Benjamin Bratt. Uh, he was showing up in a lot of things. I think he's charming. He was, um, I think around this time too, is when he, he landed a Law & Order gig. I mean, there's so many different Law & Orders, but he was on, I think he might've been on the main one. I can't remember. He was around this time. He was with Julia Roberts or something. I don't know. He was, he was kind of high profile. 
profile as far as this was his time. He was showing up and stuff. And I, I, yeah, I think he's handsome. I think he's charming. It's fine. Yeah, he's just what they have for a romantic lead in the movie. And we're getting this sort of building romance between them. And of course, he's a cop. Mm -hmm. So then once she becomes Catwoman, mm. then they're sort of at odds. And he's sort of trying to figure out, you know, who's committing these crimes or these things that she's getting framed for. Mm -hmm. At one point, she goes to visit him while he's like talking to some cool kids about how now not to be bad guys or whatever mm -hmm. and then they go out and have a basketball game and at this point patience has gotten her cat powers mm -hmm. and so now she's really good at basketball and they have this one-on-one -on -one game sexual tension kind of romantic scene in front of all these kids which is possibly the most cringe-worthy cringe sandwich in the whole movie which is saying something it is saying something but yeah it it was it was just hard to watch to back it up she become Catwoman. so how that happened was she was still employed by this cosmetic company she had met with the owner the owner is terrible he's married to sharon stone the owner is played by Lambert Wilson, who is a French actor. The year before, he was in The Matrix Reloaded. He played an important part in that. I know you're not a big Matrix fan. So I knew him from that, and he played a, kind of a similar sort of odious asshole in that. He's married to Sharon Stone, who is Sharon Stone. She's gorgeous. She had been the face of the company, but now she's turned 40. And so, you know, they've they've ushered in a newer, younger, better version for this cosmetic company. And she's very unhappy about this, naturally. So Holly Berry is the designer for this packaging for this new uh, line, Buoline, which is spelled B-E-A-U hyphen L-I-N-E. Buoline. Buoline. And Holly Berry gets chewed out by Guy Lambert, I don't know, the head of the company, uh, because she got it all wrong with the packaging. So she's got until midnight to fix it. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, Why would you have to fix this by midnight? And then not only does she have to fix it by midnight, but she can't get like a courier. So she's got to like go to the, like the waterfront well, like, like laboratory. Is it a waterfront? Or is it even like an island or something? I don't know. It's like totally off from like the city. She's like has to get out there. She can't get a courier. She gets to the, the headquarters and nobody is there. So she sees like a door cracked and she goes inside. And, and then, of course, the poor scientist who's developed this, there's these horrible pictures up on the screen of like these d deteriorating faces of women, like their, their skin, like rotting off. And, you know, Sharon Stone's like, I don't care. Like, we're going to release this no matter what. And the scientist is like, I can't in good conscience release this. Like, this is once they stop using it, their faces are going to fall off. And, and she's like, well, they shouldn't stop using it then. And of course, Halle Berry walks in and sees all of this with her little drawings. <laughs> and then, the, like, the henchmen, because the stakes are so high. Who knew 
in the cosmetic world. Hey, I mean, it's I a guess cutthroat business. Man, these two henchmen, which I did recognize, the one guy with the earring, the the white guy. That's actually Michael Massey, who played a character in the movie The Crow. He was the guy that shot and killed Brandon oh, Lee. Oh my god! Speaking, there was just Oof, recently yeah. that tragedy, the Rust oh. tragedy, where Alec Baldwin shot somebody. That the guy who's playing oh. that character killed Brandon Lee. Oh god, that's, that's poor guy. That's awful. Yeah. Anyway, they Sharon Stone six them on this person who is listening in and knows that this is bad. So <laughs> this crazy factory they're in, it, it's just bananas. Patience climbs at one point into this pipe and to get her out of the pipe, they just flush all the chemicals through the pipe to like blow her out of the pipe. And so she gets blown out of the pipe onto this like rocky island or whatever. Well, she, she goes into some water first, like, and I think she washes up on the island. But also when the when the cosmetics like again, because this is the way this fucking film looks it's like this like kind of glittery stuff that shoots out of the pipe too it's so weird and yeah so then she goes into water and then she either climbs up onto this rock wasteland or she washes up there or whatever she's in bad shape and then this is when we see all the cats and this was I think Annie's favorite part of the film, our dog Annie was right up on the screen because there's like a gang of cats, like so many cats, which I, I did read a little trivia and it was nice to see that these were like rescue cats. Oh, cool. So, yeah, there's a lot of real cats there, mm -hmm. but the the lead cat in this scene, Midnight, is a CG cat and very obviously a CG cat because they do a lot of close-ups of his face and he's like, Wah! <laughs> he just is not convincing at all. But what he does is he goes in and blows his breath into Halle Berry and then her pupils turn into like cat, cat pupils. pupils. Now this is a callback to Batman Returns. If you remember in Batman Returns, Michelle Pfeiffer is pushed out the window right. by Christopher Walken crashes through all these awnings and yeah. lands in an alleyway and all these cats come out uh -huh. and they just kind of like lick, lick her, her and stuff. Yeah. They don't do this breathing the breath into her. Well, the breath is also was interesting because of the mythology that cats steal breath. Yeah. So this cat was like giving breath and that gave her life. So she comes back to life. And now she has cat power, mm -hmm. not the indie no. uh, rock artist but she's got cat power and she can like see things like a seagull comes by and it's like Rawr! and she can like see it really close and then she can kind of move like a cat it's so bad and like i like Halle, Halle berry too i think Halle berry is incredibly talented and has been really great in a lot of things mm -hmm. just a few years before this, she had won the Oscar for, for Monsters Ball, I think. Correct, right? yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, Halle Berry's at the height of her powers here, not her cat, cat powers, powers. <laughs> but her acting powers. You know, this is her time. Like, she's trying to have her own action movie franchise. She had been a Bond girl a few mm -hmm. years before, and they were supposed to spin off her character from that into her own movie and that didn't happen. So this was kind of like her big chance to be an action hero or whatever. And it is so bad. Her, her pretending to have cat mannerisms and everything. It's so awkward. 
And I mean, I don't know, was this her choice or was this how she was directed to be? I feel like this is how she was directed to be because she's a good actor. I don't think that her instincts would have been to play it this way. I I have to feel that she got like direction or feedback that like this was working in some way. Well, she's clearly trying to really push it into like, I'm really going to act like a cat. Like I'm going to be sort of twitchy and I pose like a cat and like turn my head like a cat. At this point, we have three other actresses who played Catwoman in the 1960s show and plus Michelle Pfeiffer, Mm -hmm. pretty much all of whom I would say knocked it out of the park. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer killed it, in my opinion. I think so, too. She's one of my favorite things in any superhero movie that her portrayal of Catwoman and I loved the both Eartha Kitt and I loved um, Julie Newmar and there was a third one Lee Merriweather who I think is kind of like eh she was like the lesser of the Mm -hmm. three from the TV show but still like nobody was terrible until now it's kind of like being a bad joker hello Jared Leto (laughs) you know like it's one of those roles that you kind of can't screw up and I mean since then we've had Anne Hathaway though like I would say she's been sort of a lesser Catwoman too but still like this is just a bold choice I will say but Man, it's so bad. And she's doing all these cat things. Like she goes to a bar and orders a white Russian minus the vodka, minus everything. Minus the Kahlua, no ice. (laughs) And they give her just like a brandy sifter of cream. And she slurps it down with like a milk mustache and then like licks that off. By the way, side note, I totally forgot about Anne Hathaway. And I think she did a fine job, by the way, as... uh, I just, as Catwoman, I just forgot all about her playing that role. I think role. she's really good in the movie. Yeah. I just, well, she's almost barely Catwoman. Yeah, it didn't register to me. I mean, I, I remember liking her in that film. It actually made me like Anne Hathaway more than I did previously. But I totally forgot that um, she played Catwoman. Anyway, these like weird cat mannerisms are just, it completely takes you out of, the film every time for me at least every time she does like some sort of weird head tilt or like gorges on a bunch of cans of tuna or when she goes out on a date with benjamin (laughs) bratt to a sushi restaurant and she just starts like slurping slurping up the sushi like forcing it into her mouth and stuff she's just pulling it's like um sushi on top of rice or whatever raw fish and she's just pulling the raw fish off and slurping it which i did read some trivia apparently that was um i don't know i don't know if she doesn't eat fish or she doesn't like fish or probably just didn't want to eat it like that regardless but it was actually fruit made to look like fish well yeah i mean you know the, even if she did sure, want to eat it probably fish, been sitting there for hours <laughs> but yeah it just the way that she does that is just so bizarre there are some other things that are kind of cool that i don't mind with her being a cat being the cat woman like i, I was reading the type of fighting style it's i think it's capoeira i think it's called that's what she's doing like that's catwoman's style of fighting and i think her fighting is cool i mean there's yeah. some cool stuff there and it's kind of gymnasticsy kind of and that looks cool um but yeah the, the stuff we talked about earlier like running up the like the, the running up the walls and stuff like that there's just times where it just looks so not good 
Yeah, I mean, when she's sort of doing fighting stuff, that looks fine. I mean, she, look, she moves well yeah. in the, the costume. Once she has the ridiculous costume, uh, it's terrible. But, I mean, she works it. I mean, she works it like no one else could. Like, she's wearing this, like, it's the costume, just to describe it in case you haven't seen it, lucky you. It's just like this midriff exposed leather pants with these horrible cat claws on the pants like you said it's like a an open toe boot or heel or something that she's like none of this makes sense for what you're doing she's got the horrible cow that you with the double ears that you're talking about then like this leather bra type thing that's happening and then like across her midriff that's exposed it's like these two straps that crisscross and then she's covered in so much glitter. And this was a time of glitter as well. This was also the 95 to 2005. Another not fun thing that was out there was a lot of body glitter. It's just really shimmery. And it really works with, you know, the, the weird filming blowout. It's just bizarre. Oh, she also cuts her hair. When she starts feeling herself as Catwoman, that's when she comes home and she, you know, is coming up with the outfit and she decides to just hack her hair off into like this really, I like her hair short, but it's like really stylish and blonde and stuff. Like, I mean, she just, we see her in the bathroom with her scissors like flying really fast and there's like curls flying everywhere. And then she's got like, I just walked out of salon hair. So it's, it's a lot. When she first gets her powers, she starts to realize she's got these powers and so she goes and confronts the neighbors and like yeah. breaks down their door yeah. couldn't you just keep it down or whatever and right. she like destroys their giant pa system that they're playing with music like the, the 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 gun um like um what is it like a soda gun or whatever that's at the bar it's like the tap from the keg oh it's with the tap from the keg yeah. okay yeah she's like just squirting that all over which is kind of satisfying because this they were playing horrible new metal <laughs> like all night long and they were real dickheads and before when she was super meek but just keep her up at night and now she's not going to take it anymore and she's asserting herself mm -hmm. so she decides well i'm gonna go have some fun mm -hmm. so she puts on the leather outfit that sally gave her for dating emergencies then she steals one of the guy's motorcycles right. from the party That's and right. you hear him like hey, get off my, my bike mind. And then she like goes joyriding through CGI City, and it's really bad because like they clearly just have Halle Berry on a green screen, and they're just doing this ridiculous light photography or whatever. And so she goes by a jewelry store because she had seen earlier because she got fired from her job because the, after she got killed. She came in the next day and her boss was like reading her the riot act and she like told him basically to go fuck himself. And everybody was like, bravo. And, and so anyway, she's walking out with her gal pal, Sally, and she passes his jewelry store and she's, you know, mesmerized by this cool necklace. Maybe it's kind of Egyptian looking or something. There's supposed to be some sort of connection to why she's it's not just because it's diamonds or maybe I don't know. Maybe it she, was Egyptian or yeah, something like that. Something yeah. But so she decides to go back to this jewelry store. And by the way, this is the best Catwoman's going to look throughout the film. This is it. Because the outfit is going to evolve into that horrible other thing that we've described. Yeah. At this point, she's just kind of wearing a tight leather bodysuitish type of thing. Yeah. Pants and a jacket. 
and she steals a mask right. from one of the displays. But because they don't want to make her a bad guy, what's really happening is these other jewelry mm-hmm. thieves are robbing the store and she stops them from robbing the store, but then takes a bunch of the jewels herself. But then the next day she feels bad about it. So she brings back most of the jewels, except she keeps the pieces of that yeah. necklace that you're talking about and makes them into her claws. Yes. So she's got these like diamond claws. This was their way of getting around the idea that Catwoman is a cat burglar right. because that is what her character is yes. in the Batman comics. She is. And that's what I, that's what I remember Anne Hathaway doing when she was playing Catwoman. The other thing I was going to say is in the beginning when she's getting getting used to her cat powers, she kind of blacks out because she comes to the next day and she's also... She's like sleeping in weird places in her apartment. Like all of a sudden now the bed isn't good enough, even though cats sleep on wherever they want. But like now she's sleeping on the floor or like the first time she comes to, she's like sleeping up on a ledge, like in the apartment. It's a choice. Yeah. So she comes to and she's like puts her hand up on her bed where she should be sleeping. And there's just all the jewels there. And so she's kind of like, what happened? You know, she doesn't really remember that annoys the crap out of me that's so convenient because they want her to have to solve the mystery of what happened to her like why doesn't she remember she went and tried to drop off the plans and saw this thing and they tried to kill her but no she conveniently just can't remember any of that so it just becomes this sort of tired plot mechanic of like oh she has to figure out what happened there's no real reason for it other than that it's really dumb once she sort of figures out she's got these cat powers she goes to francis conroy she had gone to francis conroy originally because she saved the cat midnight Mm -hmm. who is a tabby cat not a black cat like your parents cat my brother cat your brother cat midnight (laughs) this is a different midnight but she realized that midnight belonged to this woman because midnight has a collar Mm -hmm. She brings Midnight to Francis Conroy's house, which is some kind of like quirky, kind of like Victorian, Victorian house in the middle of the city, like downtown. Downtown, there's like there's big giant buildings all around, <laughs> right. and then there's Francis Conroy's <laughs> kind of quasi Victorian house. Somehow, she managed to be the only person who was able to keep her little Victorian home in the middle of downtown CGI city. Those developers weren't gonna take Francis Conroy. And we find out later that she was like a professor of cats or whatever who who got kicked out because she didn't get tenure but she can still afford her like victorian house in the middle of cgi city because of male academia of male academia <laughs> she's like oh male academia yeah. and i mean we love francis oh, i love her so much from six feet under yeah, she's this the was, mom i mean she was probably doing six feet under at this time definitely was, yeah, yeah this was the time well i mean she only had to be on set for like sure. three days i'm sure she could have easily knocked this out between episodes of six feet under but yeah she's our sort of wise like wizardy cat lady, cat lady. <laughs> yeah so they make jokes that she's no. a cat lady because she's got a bunch of cats yeah. But she explains to patients that she's part of this long lineage of cat women throughout history who have been called for whatever reason. 
she also explains that she died. Right. And that midnight brought her back to life. Right. And that she's special and she's chosen. And the yes, like you said, this long lineage of misunderstood women that people aren't going to get, you know, that she just needs to be free and, you know, all of this stuff. The only cool thing about uh, any of these scenes and the, these there's about three of these scenes mm-hmm. throughout the movie as things are revealed to patients. She comes back to Francis Conroy and like at one point. Francis Conroy like pushes her off of a balcony to prove mm-hmm. to her that she's got cat powers now and, and Halle Berry lands on her feet and then she throws all these pictures of other cat women uh, <laughs> down on there and the only good thing about it is you do see a picture of Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman as Catwoman yeah. in there. I'm so. so glad you made sure I didn't miss that because that was that was pretty special. Well it's the only thing that actually ties this to the Batman franchise. Sure. But, you know, it's saying this is part of the Batman franchise. This exists. You know, why they didn't just make a fucking Catwoman movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, that's what we all wanted, but whatever. So then she has figured out that her employer had a hand in her death. And she thinks it's uh, the man, Harlan, whatever his name is. George uh, Hedare. The company is Hedare. Hedare, yeah. So she decides to go as Catwoman to his place and she comes across Sharon Stone who hits her in the head with like a nine iron or something (laughs) and and says of course my husband isn't home because I'm here you know they they definitely have not a good marriage he's taken up with the new face of the company and she knows it and they fight and Sharon Stone's got some moves too and then they're you know going at it but then they kind of come to an understanding where Sharon Stone tells Halle Berry as Catwoman where her husband is right now. Like, he shows him an invite. He's, like, at some function or something. And then Sharon Stone gives Halle Berry – she's like, how do I get in touch with you? And she was like, here's my cell phone. And Holly Berry, like, sticks it down her pants. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird. I mean, I get, like, look, this outfit, she doesn't have anywhere else to put it. But it, we need to see that? I, don't, I didn't need to see it. It's weird. It's like this Nokia phone goes down the front of these leather pants. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? I know. I mean, there was, for the practicality, I get it. There was nowhere else to, to put it. But, you know, maybe just in her hand and cut to the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here is Sharon Stone is really the bad guy, but yes. she's framing her cheating husband to be the bad guy, That's right. which makes you kind of feel like Patience is a little dumb, for one thing. I mean, I guess there's no reason to truly suspect that Sharon Stone is the big bad, but whatever. I will say this. Sharon Stone's the best part of the movie. Sharon Stone's a delight. And there is something to note here, because Sharon Stone kind of saves Patience's ass in the beginning. At the beginning when she's meeting with her husband and her husband's dressing her down and like ready to fire her on the spot, Mm -hmm. Sharon Stone's like, you know, she's the most talented person in this company. Just give her another chance. She'll fix it. So I think there's kind of a little established there that there's some sort of trust with her. You're right. So I think that's what they're trying to set up. Plus, they're women. So they're, you know, they should be trying to help each other out or whatnot. So there's. I mean, she still is patient or Catwoman, whatever. She still is kind of naive. Yes. But I think that's what we're supposed to believe is that there was some some sort of female friendship 
esque type thing going. No, on. I think you're totally right. I think it's like you know women trying right to women sort helping of, women. You do get the sense that Patience doesn't totally trust her. She's more willing to trust Sharon Stone than Lambert Wilson because Lambert Wilson is just obviously a dick. He is obviously a dick, and she's also I think you know I think one of the lessons here in Catwoman, if there's a lesson to be found, is that she's so driven by vengeance because she just wants to get the guy who took her life or the person who was involved in taking her life that you know when you're kind of driven by that you're not really listening to maybe if there is some sort of inner voice that's telling you to think about this a little more or whatever you're just kind of like oh it's that guy i'm gonna go get him let's get him so what happens is that patience goes after lambert wilson and he's at this ridiculous like cirque du soleil <laughs> opera or something like that so with like people like guests dressed up like butterflies or something flying <laughs> around the stage and it's just this ridiculous scene where she like scratches his face and we find out that he doesn't actually know anything about this bialine being uh, cosmetic death or whatever but at the same time you know meanwhile tom lone has been sort of figuring out that this woman that he's dating might be this mysterious Catwoman. we should say that Catwoman has been framed for the death of the scientist that oh, yes. has discovered that bialine is a uh, cosmetic death and so yeah she got framed for that so like tom lone sort of like putting this together and at one point they've gone on this date to like a carnival <laughs> <laughs> and they're like on the ferris wheel and like this is just what's randomly happening they just happen to be on a ferris wheel and all the ferris wheel like stops and he's like uh-oh and then we see like the gears or whatever the ferris wheel are all like breaking and then there's this like little kid in one of the cars <laughs> He's by himself on the Ferris wheel and just crying out to his mother. And, yeah. and Benjamin Brad had already like scaled down the Ferris wheel and was yeah. trying to save the day or like do something with the mechanics of it. And then Holly Berry's like, well, I guess I got a cat woman out yeah. and, you know, ends up saving the kid. So, yeah. And then there was also the thing with she had missed their first date. And so she when she shows up, she had a, a coffee that said, sorry, written yeah. on it. <laughs> So then when she returns the jewels, because she feels bad about it, except for the, the one cool piece that she keeps to make into her nails, she has it in a brown bag and writes sorry on the back and delivers cupcakes because she's such a sweet person to the crime scene. Okay, I need to talk about the crime lab of oh the cops God. of CGI City. This they crime have lab. the best crime lab for like the most stupid bullshit that you ever imagined. There's like a handwriting expert who's looking at the sorry written on the bag and the sorry written on the, <laughs> on the coffee cup. And he's like, well, if you look at the O here, this is like a really submissive person. But then the way the R is written, this person's like a handful, like this couldn't be the same person. And if they were, well, they'd be a real party or whatever. And Benjamin Bratt's like, Oh, thanks man. Like now I can go for, full force because my woman isn't Catwoman. <laughs> and this lab is like, it's something you'd see at like Quantico. This is like something they would have at like the FBI would, would have like not CGI city. It's insane. And there's more, more to come later. Well, no. And then later on. So um, Benjamin Bratt shows up at this opera where yeah. Catwoman has yeah. confronted Lambert Wilson because he goes to every single thing that happens in cgi city whenever cops are called in 
Benjamin Bratt's got to be there just in case Catwoman's there. And so, like, he chases Catwoman up into the, the catwalks yeah. of the... <laughs> That are above the stage and they have nice. this like sexy fight. He doesn't recognize that it's her. Right. Even though like, of it's course so you her. know it was it's her. her. First like, of all, she's barely wearing anything at all. And she's barely wearing a cowl. You can see her nose. Like like the cowl is so ill-fitting. Yeah. <laughs> her ears are out. Like you can see her eyes, her nose, her mouth. It's her. And I believe they've slept together at this point uh, or something. Nah, I can't remember that. No, exactly. they did after the, after the amusement af- park. After the music part they did yeah but then okay she like licks his face but then she gives him a kiss so the crime lab he had the the kiss analyzed mm-hmm. because then after they slept together at the amusement park, which was must have been like the next day, he gets up in the middle of the night and he steps on one of her cat claws. Yep. So then he's like, oh, and then he looks over at this glass that she was drinking from and can see her her lips on that. So he goes straight to the crime lab to get to the bottom of things. And guess what? It's ninety nine point nine percent a match. Yeah, they're literally analyzing the lipstick mark from the glass and the lipstick mark on his his face face from when Catwoman kissed him in the opera fight. There's also a club fight. Who cares? Whatever. Who cares? That's the, who cares? We talked about that when she was drinking the milk yeah, and whatever. It's so, who cares? And yeah, she's like whipping her whip around. Oh, like God. that's all yeah. she does Don't with forget the, whip. the whip. And it's so not even really utilized in her character much. It's just she's got to have a whip because <sighs> Catwoman has a whip. So she's using the whip every now and then. It's such a CGI whip. It's so obviously not really a whip. So anyway, Catwoman escapes from this opera but she changes into this like yellow sweatpants outfit she's changed into that outfit because they had hooked up he left she got a call from sharon stone she was at her apartment yeah so she has her sweatpants on whatever she's in sweatpants at some point but she she does get called to go meet up with sharon stone but then when she gets home like he's waiting there for her and yeah. then and like then the he, next day or something and she's in sweatpants well she was in the sweatpants after she was <laughs> whatever <laughs> who cares who fucking cares she's in some yellow sweatpant outfit at one point well she's escaped from the opera house and she's changed into her sweatpants okay she goes back to her apartment and he's waiting there for her in his apartment because the jig is up he knows that she's Catwoman, and so he brings her into the station and they have this interrogation scene she's like just believe me you know believe in me you know who i am or whatever And this is when I was like, isn't he too close to this case? Like, this is a real conflict of interest now. This is when you get some other cops to handle this. But anyway, they put her into the jail cell and then midnight comes to visit her in the prison and he can squeeze through the bars. So she realizes that she can squeeze through the bars like a cat could before midnight shows up don't forget when the policeman like tells her to be a good kitty or something and she (laughs) (laughs) it's like like this is adam and there was also at the restaurant too i forgot i just remembered this when she was having the sushi with benjamin bratt when he comes in she's like moving around all jerkily because she's watching the fish in the aquarium yeah And he goes, pretty. And she's like, thanks. He's like, well, you too, but I meant the fish. It's That's so awkward. That's the perfect moment of what I'm talking yeah. about where she's doing these cat mannerisms yes. and it's just like, this is not working. So awkward. Like you see this, you're working on this movie. 
you're watching the dailies and you're seeing her do this weird fish tank movement thing and you say this isn't working we have to not do this just be like Michelle Pfeiffer, okay? Just, just be really sexy. Like, you don't have to literally be a cat. I mean, like, you can kind of camp it up. You can kind of purr or something like, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer would, like, kind of purr her words a little bit or whatever. But it's like, she was cool. Well, and I may be reading too much into this because they're both um, African-American. But I believe that Halle Berry was kind of trying to go back to Eartha Kitt in a lot of ways. Eartha like, Kitt was fucking cool. Eartha Kitt wasn't doing this. Well, she did kind of do the... Yeah, but that per that would have been fine. Yeah. Just do that. Eartha Kitt, I have no recollection of her like... Oh, she wasn't jerking chasing, her head around. No. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like looking at fish or like chasing a mouse or something, you know, like batting at... Oh my God. The other thing, I don't care. We're all out of order. Fuck it. Frances Conroy, when she goes there for the first time, gives her catnip. Yep. And she starts going nuts and she's like, catnip. <laughs> like, it's just that, yeah, all that stuff is bonkers. Like you said, she escapes from jail and then she gets back into her Catwoman outfit and she goes to Sharon Stone's place. And yeah. Sharon Stone has killed her husband and like has tried to mark him up like Catwoman did it. So yeah. this is when we find out that, you know, she's blatantly framing her Benjamin Bratt shows up there too and Sharon Stone's just gone completely nuts and she shoots him and Holly Berry's like trying to help out Benjamin Braggs he's been shot and they've yeah. like they've kind of rekindled and now he believes now her he believes her that you know that she's being set up for all of this because obviously Sharon Stone's off her rocker and then Sharon Stone she thinks she's set up Catwoman and killed Benjamin Bratt so she's having their big launch party for Bialine because that's the ticking clock I guess or whatever <laughs> of the story is that they're trying to stop Bialine from being launched well, or it's, whatever yeah because it's toxic and oh and poor Sally's been in the hospital because she's been getting these yeah. headaches from because yeah. she's been got she got like a, a, a like a sneak preview sample of it they're having this big launch and so catwoman shows up to stop her or whatever and they get into this big fight in like part of the building where there's just giant pictures of sharon stone <laughs> everywhere so it's like sharon sure. stone's getting thrown, thrown into yes. like pictures of herself yes and like catwoman keeps like kicking her and scratching her and stuff and then Sharon Stone's like that's the thing about Bialine if you stop using it your face rots off or whatever but if you keep using it it's like living marble because yeah. <laughs> yeah she is like glowing blown out so hard and just being kicked all over the place and scratched and you know, it's like a cat and mouse. You know, she's batting her around. And um, and then finally, Sharon Stone gets the one up on Halle Berry and like starts hitting her with a pole or something. Halle Berry's like up against some glass wall or a glass. It's a window. yeah, Glass window or something. And it looks like things are bad for Halle Berry. But then she like all of a sudden comes back and the tables are turned. And it's like kind of like a video game or something at this point, because like finally this time she kicks her and her face like starts to get weird. And yeah, she's like hanging by a thread. And, and Halle Berry's like, take my hand, because, of course, she's still a superhero or whatever, you know, can't let her just die. And she soon catches a glimpse of herself in the reflection and she looks like shit. Yes. So she just lets go. 
and falls from the top of this skyscraper, yeah. the Hader building skyscraper where this battle is taking place. Right. Onto the like floor, the Hader logo. Yeah. And she's, yeah, that that's that. And so Benjamin Bratt comes, you know, slurking around because he's all shot up and He's like, you know, if Patience gets back to her jail cell in time, there would be no way that she could be Catwoman or, you know, something along the lines of that. So, yeah, Catwoman's good name is cleared, but that doesn't mean Patience and Tom Lone can be together because Catwoman's like, I gotta be free to be Catwoman. Mm -hmm. And so I can't be with you because you're Johnny Law or whatever. So I'm gonna just go strut along the rooftops to this bad destiny's child wannabe music is that the catwalk the catwalk yes yeah earlier in the movie once like she's really starts to feel herself and gets the terrible outfit there's this whole extended sequence where she's just kind of strutting along these rooftops to this terrible sort of poppy hip-hop yeah (laughs) it's so bad it's like a runway walk only on a rooftop or whatever in a ridiculous outfit the worst outfit ever. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we've glossed over a few details here and there, but... We saved you, trust us. I feel like we've covered all of the pertinent details of Catwoman, the, the movie. pertinent. Pertinent details. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So, yeah, the movie was a $100 million movie. Oof. It grossed 40 million dollars in north america and ended up only making like 82 million dollars worldwide which is way more than it deserves honestly but with a hundred million dollars that's a big bomb and like i said more than anything it was just the way critics reacted to it they just had a field day on this ridiculous movie and you can see why so why do you think it failed (laughs) (laughs) the question that's been haunting me since watching this is like who the hell was this for i mean i guess you would show up i mean but i i consider myself a halle berry fan and i had no recollection of this film and there was no way i was going to go see this in the theater so i mean maybe i guess if you're a halle berry super fan you would have showed up but like it's not i mean it's not for kids Nope. You know, it doesn't have like you know the the Joel Schumachery thing going on with the the Batman franchise, right. where it's like you could get some kids in there for that. I mean, the word of mouth, like whoever did go there, like I think the word of mouth would have been like, don't waste your time watching this. It's just such a shit show. I feel like it's for like they thought they could make a superhero movie for like women who love to read like fashion magazines or something. It almost looks like a mid two thousands fashion magazines photo spread or something like you can almost smell you know when you open up a fashion magazine that perfume like that's how this movie smells it is it's that perfume sample that you don't some sort of perfume sample sample in this just god awful (laughs) you're totally right i mean i guess it could have been like for well no but that makes no sense because nobody who reads vogue is going to want to watch this dumb fucking movie the sex in the city crowd wasn't going to go see Catwoman. right i don't care how many cosmos you have in it (laughs) Like, it's just not going to it's not going to happen. Think they thought, okay, we've got Halle Berry. We've got the character of Catwoman, even though it's not really her, the not really the character from the comic books. But we've just got the name Catwoman and people like superheroes now because they've liked Spider-Man and Batman. And so we're going to make this 
movie for women. I think they were trying to make a superhero movie for women. I guess. I mean, maybe with having Sharon Stone, too, as the villain. I mean... Well, no, it's definitely for women. It's about cosmetics. Like, that's what they were trying to do. Sure, but, like, I certainly don't know a woman that would have been, like, let's go see this. No. There's no Batman connection in the movie. Like, this isn't even the Catwoman that has dealt with Batman, so there's, like, no mention of Batman. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd think you'd at least try to tie it into a really successful superhero franchise. Or even establish, like, was there a reason they didn't want to say we're in Gotham? No, it was weird. From what I've read of the development of it, they just never wanted to connect it to Batman, which is just absurd. It's totally absurd, and it's totally shooting yourself in the foot. Yes. Because if you're just relying on, like, women coming to see this because... It's some sort of like fashion slash women empowerment, women superhero romance with sort of with Benjamin Bratt. Like, I don't I don't know. Well, if you think about it, too, around this time, there were a couple of sort of female led sort of genre things that were a varying success. I think probably. The most major one would have been the show Alias with Jennifer Garner. Like, that was a really popular show. She was a female Mm -hmm. spy in it who, you know, would wear these different disguises and stuff. And then around this time, they'd made a sequel to Daredevil just called Elektra starring Jennifer Garner because she played Elektra in the Daredevil movie. And that tanked, too. That was another tentpole trauma. They had done Resident Evil with Mila. They'd done those underworld movies. Mm -hmm. They were thinking that female-led action movies were going to be a bigger thing than they ended up being. And so they tried a bunch of different types of like kind of superhero or like somewhat superhero adjacent type of movies this was the biggest grossing female superhero movie until wonder woman and this was still a bomb what a breath of fresh air wonder woman was yes so wonder woman came in and saved (laughs) the day big time then we had captain marvel and stuff fine totally they did eventually get it right wonder woman is the prototypical female superhero that's where you start like the whole superhero movie trend started in 1978 with superman you know you start with superman go to batman this is how you do it yeah eventually you get to spider-man you don't fucking you know start with some c stringer and you know like (laughs) not even make it connected to the superhero franchise that they're connected to i mean it make it just makes no sense they just had their head up their ass they had a guy named pitoff making the movie oh pitoff you know no offense to you pitoff no but this wasn't this wasn't the one for you i mean it's competently put together yeah it's no it's not you're able to follow it you know what's going on and there there are some i mean there's some cool stuff that happens in it it's it's fine it's not painful you know i wasn't like oh god like you know it's it's somewhat entertaining. It's just weird. It doesn't overstay its welcome. No. It doesn't drag. I mean, the editing's no. good for the most no, the, part. The pacing is fine. It wasn't, there wasn't anything like that. It's just, it just doesn't work. Like, it's weird and not a good weird. For me, it's just cringy. It's a lot of cringy things where I'm feeling a little embarrassed to be watching it <laughs> i feel a little embarrassed for everyone involved yeah i'm wondering like why did you think this was working i could have forgiven some of the cg stuff but not 
that like that that look is just a, a thing that I I just don't want to revisit. You're more hung up on that than I am. For me, it's more the costume is fucking terrible. Well, the costume is hands down. <laughs> the costume is the worst superhero costume I've ever seen. Yeah, like get the costume right, goddammit. it! No. Like first of all, that's where you start. Like get the costume right, and they really don't get it right. But they kind of did at one point. Like if they would have just left it as what she puts together herself in the beginning well let's close out with a little speculation into catwoman's future we have the batman coming out in a few months and we're going to get a new catwoman zoe kravitz i love her so much i'm so ready for her i have seen what she looks like in the movie is catwoman we've seen her in the trailer yeah. but in the trailer she's not really wearing the full suit you see sort of her in like leather and stuff but i have seen what her kind of look is as catwoman it's much better than this movie i am a little slightly disappointed in it although i do think it's kind of setting her up as like this is kind of her first try at like a catwoman because really she's just got like this ski mask i think she'll be great looks like a much better catwoman than we get here uh, I'm looking forward to her her take on it. I think she'll be good. I'm totally looking forward to Zoe Kravitz, that uggo that we have to look at. Yeah, poor thing. That hideous family. Yeah, they're all just so unattractive. <laughs> just a bunch of uggos. Zoe Kravitz has the most gorgeous parents in the world who amicably have divorced. And then, like, she's with, you know, Jason Momoa now. And it's just like they're Lenny all Lenny Kravitz, Zoe Kravitz, Lisa Bonet, <laughs> and Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa, the most obnoxiously good-looking people <laughs> And they're all hanging out, having a just good time. Just all friends. Everything's yeah. great. It's Fuck just, them. Yeah, it just... No one deserves that much good-looking. That much good-looking and good people and good times. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I'm super stoked for her being Catwoman. So, yay, Zoe. And love you forever, Halle Berry. Sorry that this happened to you. Yeah, I think she's over it. Yeah, she didn't care. She actually handled it all very gracefully. She showed up at the Razzies to accept all the rewards and was funny about it and took it all with good humor. So Halle Berry's a stand-up person. She's not too full of herself. She knew, like, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sure she sat there watching it and was like, oh, no. And, you know, like, in her defense, you know, she might have done, like, a whole bunch of different takes of how to do this. Yeah, didn't. And Pitoff was just was like, like, I like, like it when she's a real cat. Yeah. You know, I she, like it when she chases the fish. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. She, she, Hallie might have done it more subdued totally she didn't know like what it, what the end result was going to be like it wouldn't have taken much to turn this around a little bit like not to the train wreck that it was i think this was always going to be a cat turd in the litter box <laughs> i'm gonna go order myself a white russian with no kalua Kahlua, and no, no vodka, vodka and no ice and no ice and i'm gonna go play a one-on-one -on -one sexy basketball game with me with you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's going to be the perfect evening. That about does it today for Tentpole Trauma. If you like what you heard, check out our social media presence on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for Tentpole Trauma. That was easy, wasn't it? If you like us, hit subscribe and leave us a sterling review on iTunes, if you dare.
If you really like us, head over to Patreon.com and get involved in one of our fabulous tiers. You'll be glad you did. Want to communicate with Tentpole Trauma? Send an email to tentpoletrauma at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And who knows, one day you may even get your email read on one of our shows. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon. Thank you.